everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. And now we're talking, Darian. Hello and welcome. Today is July 7th. And before we get started today, Liz, you just said something to me that I think we should talk about before we get going with our guest. Yeah, yeah. On the way over here, I was looking at the maps and I saw that 95 North was totally shut down. Like there was a huge traffic accident that they actually just shut the highway down because of it. And, um, made me think of our guests. You know, we're coming to record a podcast and I'm realizing we just had in the Aaron Firefighters Foundation who you know, raise money for all our firehouses in town. We just had Post 53 who are our young kids out there mm-hmm. responding to emergencies. We had the captain and the chief of the police force then a few weeks before that who are sitting their men out there. So all these Darien emergency services that we've talked to on the podcast so far, we've had the privilege to, are out on the most Down highly right traveled now. highway hopefully saving somebody's life and cleaning stuff up. And it's cool. It was cool to me to, to think about as we come here to launch another. Yeah. So appreciative to all you guys. Thank you very, very much. And, and women, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, today is, uh, we're having Erica Allen come in, the founder of Make Modern, a crafting studio at the corner of Naroten Avenue and the Post Road. Um, and it is such a cool space. I really, I think she is such a bundle of energy. It's like, I know she's so cool. When I met Erica, I said, can you please be my friend? Because you are cool. I mean, she looks cool. She acts cool. She's, I don't, yeah. I don't she's up to, she's doing something in this space that maybe it's getting done elsewhere in the country. I'm sure it is, but like, it's, it's unique to me to see what she's doing. This space she's created. Yes, absolutely. And it's for adults too, not just children. I know my child has gone taking a camp there, but she has adult workshops as well, which we'll talk about, um, hopefully. And yeah. Well, let's bring her in. Erica, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm I'm so excited. I got to say, I have a pretty cool connection to Erica. I was training for a marathon about eight years ago and ran by her house. I think your dog ran out of the house and intercepted me and my friend running. And, and that was like fate. We got to know each other then. And I'm so excited to have you in here now. Um, <laughs> Mo's excited too. <laughs> yes, Fellow dog, dog lover. The dog smells the dog. Um, Let's start with like how, when you came to Darien and kind of how your journey has evolved here in town. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for letting me come do this. This is really fun. Really, really fun. We moved, my family and I moved to Darien eight years ago. So we, like many people, we were moving to, to this area so that my, um, my husband at the time could commute into the city to work. And we looked at a bunch of towns and picked the school district we liked the most within a reasonable commute. We thought Darien High School, we had a, our older son was starting high school, and we thought Darien High School looked fantastic. And it turned out to be fantastic for both of our kids. So we ended up here. Mm. Yeah. From, from Is that where? what you wanted? Yeah. <laughs> yep. We, we moved from London. My oh. husband, we had uh, an expat assignment with him for three years outside of London. Yeah, I remember Pardon you saying me. that, and that you're originally from Texas, right? Originally from Texas, yep. We're moving on up, right? Like we that. started in Dallas. we just been ooching our way up the I whole like time. That. Yep. You can take the lady out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas I hope lady. not. I sure hope not. No. I'll make some brisket upstairs for you. Is that right? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Thank you. I'm actually some you're... sweet potatoes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're a vegetarian. I right? am vegetarian, but yeah. we can fry something, right? <laughs> yep. That's true. Now, your background professionally, though, was in law, correct? Yep, yep. Um, I was, you know, hard-charging kid in high school and college, and like everybody, I think, I felt like who graduated in the late 80s, 
right? I went to law school. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You go to law school. It was when everybody was making a ton of money at big law firms. So I graduated from college. I went to law school um, at the University of Virginia. And while I was there, I did a master's degree in rhetoric, which was what I was really interested in. I was interested in speech writing in theories of persuasion. Um, it's kind of the academic end of kind of the use of words in popular culture. And so I did a master's degree and then I taught for a year after that and then went to a big law firm, worked for a little bit and then got a PhD in rhetoric. So how did that evolution wait, happen then? Wait, are we, are we banging by the way? Oh, that's me. I'm oh, sorry. Ba- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm banging here. Wait, we got I'm ba- crossing my legs. We got a banger Better. over there. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No more banging. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget about your wine, by the way. I'm, I'm going to drink my... I would never forget about my wine. It's not a risk, but... <laughs> Sorry, Taylor, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just curious. How did how did that evolution happen? Like, how did you get from law to... I mean, what seems to be your calling? Like, yeah, you yeah, seem yeah. so at home in yeah. the studio. Yeah, so... Um, it was funny. I think I think law was the aberration. I think college teaching made a lot of sense for me, but I think law school was a defensive me- measure. I think I was insecure. I was worried that people wouldn't think I was smart and that if I went to, you know, if, like if I turned out to be 52 and had a craft studio, maybe I was a ding dong. And so I thought, well, if I get a law degree somewhere law in degree. there, right, <laughs> everybody will know, right? I have a couple of brain cells. Yeah. Um, it's kind of true. When you, said, when you said you're a lawyer, I'm like, what a brave statement. It actually, I think it, it sounds really sad, but I think it actually accomplished what I hoped it would accomplish. Mm. Right. I think I get, you know, men's voices get a little bit lower when they learn. I mean, it just, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Well, it's funny, it's true. by the way, coming from you, because, you know, as podcasters, they can't, they can't see you, but to look the part of a lawyer is hysterical. You keep making us take pictures. I know. Well, <laughs> I got to take pictures of Erica because I'm obsessed with her. Look, you've got, for people listening, you've got the longest, coolest dreadlocks that, I mean, have taken how many years to grow out, Erica? Um, well, they were pretty, my hair was pretty long when I put them in. So really? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had them for a long in? time. I put them in when we were living in England. So we moved to England 11, like, yeah, I guess 11 years ago. And somewhere during that stay, when you're an expat, right, probably, I don't know if you guys or, but certainly some of your listeners have had the trailing spouse experience overseas. And mm-hmm. if you're a trailing spouse, which isn't always the woman, but in many cases is, is the woman, there are all these trips you can take internationally, right? The groups come together and they're always kind of feeding social events and travel. And there was a trip to Istanbul that I went with a group of women, this expat women's group, and one of the women on the troop was a black woman who had dreadlocks, really beautiful woman, like whatever her hair looked like, she would be super beautiful. And, but she had also had really great dreadlocks. And so I spent these three days with her and I was really obsessed about her hair. And I got to ask all the questions like, do you, how do you wash it? Yeah, and you know, all that like dumb stuff that you don't really know when you're white and don't <laughs> have dreadlocks. And I came home and I had all these pictures from the trip and I showed my then husband, right? What do you think? And he was like, I think that would look great on you. Cool. And so I found like finding someone who will do white lady dreadlocks is actually a really hard search. There's definitely, I, is there another white person that knows how to put in dreadlocks? There, there was one in England and I found this guy. It was kind of this crazy Polish guy. And he <laughs> did he did him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, beautiful guy. Beautiful white guy, like six, four 
white guy with really long dreadlocks, kind of nutty. That's the other part of people who do dreadlocks <laughs> is they're all crazy. But well, it circles back, by the way, to the lawyer dreadlocks, but we'll go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. no. No, no I don't. I apologize if I'm going out. But in any case, so I found this guy to do it. And he told me at the time, like I said, I'm moving to the U.S. in another year. And he said, well, you're not nobody in the u.s can do white lady dreadlocks and i was like oh yeah right i'm moving to new york essentially moving somewhere near new york i'll find somebody and then i got here and nobody could do them and i ended up having to pull them out and get my hair cut really really short and then ultimately found this crazy crazy lady several hours from here who could do it and put them back in wow because you usually right now they're down hanging like like this beautiful Jamaican woman that you could possibly be, but no, awesome. but normally they're in these cool buns. Yeah. 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 No, I like them in buns. I think it right. looks really cute. In buns. They it's look amazing. But then I'll see you around town. I'll be like, yes, of course that woman runs an art studio, a progressive art studio. Totally. Look at her, right. Right. She's I'm not, gotta, I gotta be the brand. But totally. that's, that's not a lawyer, but then here you are. So we go from lawyer to dreadlocks to art studio. Did yeah. Like complete yeah, that yeah. transition. Yeah. 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 No, I, um, when I was in college, I graduated from college early. So this would have been, I would have been 19 or 20 in like my senior thesis thing you have to do. One of the assignments for that project was you had to write what you were doing every year of your life until you died. And you, you had to say, you know, when you died and how you died and every, like everything leading up to that. And one of the things I wrote about it at the most 20 was that I would, at some point, probably, I don't know what the exact age was, but probably somewhere around 52, which is what I am now, that I would have a program that was some sort of artsy program. It wasn't, I was clear that it wasn't teaching like middle school English, although some of my best friends (laughs) do that, and I think it's a really great job but that it was something related to the arts and the humanities for kids in the middle grades. And I, I didn't, so I didn't get as close as this, but I, I think that's pretty prophetic, Absolutely. right? Yeah, to have, have identified totally. that I knew that that was something I wanted to do. This so. is, But then a lot of people have these, these thoughts, but to actually put them into action and make them happen, here you are running a successful studio in Darien, Connecticut, how does that actually manifest itself? How did it start? Well, I, my kids went to Waldorf school when they were little. And in the Waldorf model, which is a German model, it's kind of left of Montessori. It's kind of a funky, very funky, hippie way for kids to be educated. Whoops, sorry. Banging I don't again. know Waldorf school. Is that, is that local here in Connecticut? Well, no, no, no. Waldorf city. school is a model. It's a German model of education. Okay. Um, it, uh, a guy named Rudolf Steiner um, was a, I don't even know what I would call him, a, a philosopher and an intellectual and a religious guy um, who kind of came into being after World War I. And his take on kids was that all these German kids had lived this really horrible life, right? Living through World War I. And so he reimagined early education as something much sweeter and kinder than the European models that are very test-driven and very memorization-driven, very fact and examination-driven. And he was an early organics guy, you know, really had these very groovy ideas about food influences thought and feeling. And 
uh, thought kids ought to be outdoors a lot. And so we came up with this idea of education that is much more popular in Europe, but we have Steiner or Waldorf schools um, here in the U.S. as well. And the Steiner model has a bunch of things that are super funky, but one of the things is that the kids are trained, uh, trained is the wrong word because that's not Educated. really the verb I would use. Yeah, but one of the really important subjects in any grade, whether it's preschool through high school, is some sort of handcraft. And so I know when my kids started in Waldorf school, they started a little bit late. We met with the teacher for the first time to go like, here's how they're doing in the for whatever it was, first eight weeks. The teacher super seriously said, you know, you've got to get a, nude, a knitting tutor for the kids. Like their knitting is absolutely not up to par. And we did, we did. So like we paid the big bucks in New York City for our knitting tutor for the kids because the teachers, for, for that faculty of teachers, how you're knitting or crocheting or woodworking or wood turning is every bit as important as your multiplication tables. So I had that experience that I thought was really important for the kids. Um, and as now as my kids are almost 21 and 22, it has been a really important part of, of how they have become young adults. So I had that. I had... Um, I had a mom who taught me how to sew and I was always pretty crafty. And then I showed up in England and couldn't really work a whole lot. I worked a little bit as a lawyer while I was in England, but I couldn't work a lot. So I started teaching sewing and some of that stuff in the after school program just because it was really fun. And actually the the irony, we were talking about this earlier. My son decided, my younger son in sixth grade, the reason I did it is he said, Mom, I want to learn to play lacrosse. And he played lacrosse for one season in sixth grade and was like, man, I suck at lacrosse. <laughs> right? So he never, never came anywhere near a lacrosse field um, here in Darien. But I needed something to do while he was practicing lacrosse. So I started teaching a little sewing class. And then I came here and I started costuming the shows. I thought when we bought our house near the high school, like I set up a studio room immediately in that house with the idea that I'm going to really start trying to teach this stuff. But the school district was losing the woman who had costumed the shows for a long time. The high school theater program. The middle school actually began. I had a kid going into middle school who turned out to be a really, really terrific actor. And um, so he got... He got cast right away, and they needed help with costuming. And then that, then that second year, they lost the woman who was doing it. And so I ended up costuming for years and didn't really start doing this because we were costuming the shows, which is a lot. So a the lot. impetus of the crafting is out of like sewing. It's it's is it yeah. sewing based? Yeah. So at Make Modern, we're textile based, not textile exclusive, but most of the stuff is textile. So we don't paint. Painting, there's so many great places for people to paint mm-hmm. or draw and learn all of that. We don't do any of that. So th- those were the inspirations. So talk to us about how it got started. Like where oh, was I? And, and apologize if I'm not no, no, addressing your questions this is um, the right way. I'm lost in the sea of your story already. Oh, stop <laughs> it. it's, it's not true. It's not true at all. Um, how did it get started? No, it's true. Um, how did it get started? I taught um, from one of from costuming a bunch of shows, one of the directors, at some point I said, could I, 
would you let me have your email list of kids that are doing the program? And I'm going to offer if they want to do a sewing class because the kids would, would be interested in the making of the costumes and talk about it. And maybe so, just maybe they want to help me with some of this work. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. Please, please can help me. And so in any case, um, I emailed the group of kids, parents that were in that show and said, I'd like to start a sewing class on Friday afternoons. And I ended up with this amazing group of little girls who were in middle school and where our house was at that time was a big deal because they could walk from Middlesex to my house. And so I think like that was the probably the funnest <laughs> part for them is they were allowed to walk. And so for, I don't know how long, for, I don't know, a year, two years, something like that, this same little group, like one or two would change out every time, but then there was this core group of little girls that were going through middle school and they would come over on Fridays and we, I would always get a cake from Palmer's or from Stop and Shop and we would sit and eat cake and they would tell me their hilarious stories from, wow, like, so you know, cute. I mean, just dump the dumbest yeah. stuff, the fights with their girlfriends or, and you, you never know. had girls, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. so no, you were okay with this. Awesome. <laughs> they were so cute. We'd sit in the kitchen and they'd eat cake and talk and I like, I learned that like you want to lure kids in, you have like Coca Cola in your fridge, and they're like, "Woo, Mama, let me have Coca Cola." Remember the witch and Hansel and Gretel? That's what you basically I was totally are. Totally the witch, like <laughs> absolutely, I was a witch. And so, and then we would do a little project, and it was so fun, and they were so dear. And are these projects, by the way, Erica? Are they um, like when I hear sewing, I think of someone putting together a bag or a skirt or or like a hat, or, or are they are they bigger than that? Am I thinking too singular? No, um, well. We do, now versus them is, is probably different. We do do fashion construction, which is what you're talking about, which ah. is putting together a piece that's going to get worn some, somewhere or construction of a home item like a pillow or a tablecloth or a runner, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and then we do also lots of crafting, which is non-machine sewing stuff that that happens mostly with fibers and textiles. So that's felting or embroidery or um, knitting or crochet or punch or, right, like all these different things that use fibers punch. and textiles. What's punch? Yeah, I said punch too. Punch, punch is a big deal right now. It's become wildly popular um, in the last couple of years. It would look like, if, if you looked at it and said, had to say what it was, you would probably say it was rug hooking. So it's it this it's a decorating the the surface of a textile with these itty bitty little tiny loops of fabric that make a picture or a design. And rug hooking is a technique where you're working from the back with a different kind of tool punch. You're working from the front with a punch tool. How do you even know this stuff? Like, how do I know how this? How is this taught to me? I'm really good at knowing this much about like everything you can do with your hands. I, I it just, it's a hobby, right? It's awesome. whatever. I don't know what you guys do that you're just hobbyists at. Tell her runs over bit. the books of Darian, Connecticut, and well, her yeah, board yeah. finance meetings. Well, that's, that's a lot weirder than punch. So Way weirder than punch. So, so boring. Taylor's like, gosh darn it, I wish I was doing punch. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> No, definitely not. Um, yeah. But the, the the when you started this though, like it was derived out of a traditional sewing format. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, I mean, it's, I literally, every kind of handwork, I can do like the shallowest amount of, right? So if you said tomorrow, I want to knit a scarf, I, could, I would have to go home and review it all, but I could teach you just how to knit or purl, right? And I wouldn't be any, I wouldn't be particularly good at it. Um, and I wouldn't want to teach it like a class on that, but I know the basics of that. You want to machine sew something, I I know the basics of that. You want to hand sew something, you want to weave something, you want to felt something, you want to whatever. I know the basics of it. So you see the value in this, right? Like you saw the experience that these girls had and that you had with them and saw the value in that. So then what took you to the next step? Like how did you turn that into a business? So then um, I had an opportunity for a studio share. So it wasn't that much money. It was going to be 1500 bucks a month to to share a space where I'd have it half of the time. And that seemed like a reasonable, didn't seem crazy. It seemed like, okay, we can cover our costs of $1,500. And I had a couple of women who were willing to do it with me and said, you know, kind of our deal was let's try it and if we make money we'll divide it up if we don't make any money we'll have had fun being together and being with these kids um and it was it was really interesting at the end of that year they both looked at me and said you know we're both out they were out for different (laughs) we're both out for different reasons but but both turning on you know we have young kids at home um uh or we have kids at home not not real, real young, but we have kids at home. And this has turned into like 70 million hours a week. Yeah. And what what was interesting is they said, you know, it's just not sustainable. It's, you know, you're killing yourself and you're making like $2. It's just, it just doesn't work as a business. It may be super fun, but it doesn't work as a business. And I had a friend that I knew from theater. She was another theater mom. And I knew that in her work world, she could read spreadsheets, right? Which (laughs) I'm not, like, I couldn't read the accounting bit of it to know. But I felt like that that answer wasn't complete. Like, I thought, there's got to be more upside than that. And I'm not really willing to give up on this without some more due diligence. And so I asked this other friend, I said, can I pay you? I'll just give you a little bit of money. And your job is just to read all of our spreadsheets and tell me if there's any hope for this business. And she read it all and she had this brilliant insight. And she said, your other business partners are exactly right. You're killing yourself to make this teeny tiny bit of money. Hmm. She said, but my analysis would be different. It would be that if you scaled up a little bit, you your numbers would somehow look would would look a lot different. Your problem is your scale. Your scale is too small. Mm. The bigger the bigger the enterprise gets, the more your your sweat is is lever leverage scale. Yeah. I'm not sure what yeah. the right I'm not sure what the right word is. Mm-hmm. And so that girlfriend said, I think what you need to do is offer more. Like go in deeper, dig a little bit deeper, which was like a way more fun answer than go back to practicing law. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And but that's so, a scary answer, though, to me. Like then you, you're investing more, right, yeah. Eric? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, a little, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, um, I'm trying to think what the timing of all that would have been. So the timing we talked a little bit about. I had this like, you know, twilight, horrible, you know, summer of the soul, right? Horrible, horrible stretch of time. My 
my mom had died and she was my last living family member and my husband left, right? So I was in this like super awful stretch. But the one thing that that super sucky stretch offered was I had gotten a little bit of money because my my mom had a house and I was able to sell the house. So I had a little bit of money and I didn't have a husband saying, you can't spend it on investing in the business. And so I took a little bit of that money, which I think is a story for lots of people who start businesses as they end up. Wow. I feel, I'm sorry. I feel like my, yeah, I, think no. I'm, I think I'm running out of air when I'm talking. I think I'm not breathing enough. That's why my voice sounds like We're making you talk a lot. Or no, no, no. Um, but so I took the money from that house sale and started, I mean, I needed a lot I've, the, by, by far and away. I've needed it to live on for the last couple of years, but took a little bit of it and invested in the business. So and I didn't have anybody to tell me that I couldn't do it that yeah. way. That was in 2019? Yep. 20, my mom died. My husband left the last week in May, and my hus- my mom died June 1. Right. Sucked. Oh. It sucked. It was terrible. And you said your youngest had just graduated. Too, Son right? just graduated, yeah, a few weeks later from DHS. So empty nest or no family members. Su- no oh, it, and we had just moved. So like the house was in box. It sucked. Oh, God. So no one should go boxes? through this. Yeah, I came home. I came home the day my mom died and my husband was gone and the house was literally in boxes and my girlfriends had been like feeding my children who were college and about to graduate from high school at that point. It sucked. It was so bad. I like had a big swallow right there that yeah. was so luckily picked bad. up on air because I just, I felt like the feeling of, you know, when you move, and I've moved by myself in New York City before, and you walk into an apartment, again, this time, not a house, for God's sake, Erica, but just even an apartment, and you're all boxes, and you're like, oh my God. Like, it's mm-hmm. like almost like you can't muster the energy to deal with this. And then that's just the move itself, not to even consider, I was thinking mentally, like all else you had in your It was terrible. It was terrible. It's super a, horrible. An incredible story. And you said your girlfriends got you through it, right? Yep. Yep. They did. Great women in this town. Talk to us right. about that. I mean, how did you meet them? What, mm. what did they do for you? Girl, girlfriend. So I'm I'm super lucky. And name names if you're comfortable. Oh, totally. I'm going to call them all out right here. <laughs> um, no, I have some great girl. I have great girlfriends from church from at MPC. So uh, number, yep, Northern Presbyterian. Number of them uh, stand out. Kathy Butcher for sure. Barbara Jesperson. Uh, um, my friend Holly. Um, so great, great group of girl, girlfriends from church and then a great group of girlfriends from theater, right. From my, my volunteering in theater. Cause I had a kid, mm-hmm. um, in theater. So that's golly. That's and many of them. I have forced to work with me now at make modern. So that's Gwen Matrano and Robin Gilbert and Nina Nelson and Ellen Voles and Carolina McGoey. I'm probably forgetting someone there who would be so sad that I'm forgetting them but you then and then throw their name in I'll later. throw their name in later but then and then there's women that have joined us and make modern who have also become really important friends as well so you're sitting in 2019 <laughs> I'm still absorbing this Erica it yeah. sucked it's you're horrible. sitting in a new house with boxes with a kid that's like empty nesting like you know kids leaving school mm-hmm. your husband just left you is mm-hmm. that the term you use yeah. left yeah. you your mom just died yep and you just opened a new business yep but you hadn't even opened the new business yet right we were still in the studio share at that point and so I all I you know just to make it trickier although it ended up being really great is we ended up needing to 
leave that space later that year. So we had to move the business also later that year. So yeah, that was good. Thing. Okay, that, that was a good thing. It was good. It didn't. It was. It sucked at the time though. Except yeah, then really, you took what took out a lease, I guess, on Make Modern the place there the place the, the yeah. corner of the yeah. Yeah. Avenue and yep. then the Post Road, which is an awesome space where the yeah. Puritan way better variety store way used better. to be. Yeah, way but better. You took that down and then COVID, like and ten then, days yeah. later, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we're going to be, we're going to have the best story when we make, yeah, we can pour you another glass of wine (laughs) when we make $50 million and sell out, right? Like we'll have the best story for how much it sucked in the early years. I look forward to toasting. Come on. This is the thing. There's so many things to to take out of this, but one of the things let's stay with the business, like where you find that, what you do in that moment to keep the business moving forward. Like, do you double down or cut your losses? And I think this is what like women who, not women, anyone who wants to start a business, you know, like they're scared and to put yourself out there like that, what makes, what is it in you that's made you like this greatness? I don't need, I don't need to put you on the spot and make embarrass you, but there's a greatness that makes someone say, I'm going to double down. I think there's a reason to, I feel no, like. No, I think for me, there was no other thing than, so, I mean, you guys are at the right phase of life. You think about all the things that are the routines of your life, right? So it's your kids, it's your spouse, it's your house, right? Those things, those things are real. Things. The laundry, the, the laundry, store. The, the laundry, the grocery <laughs> store. That, but that's, I mean, you're saying it that way, but that's re- that's really true. So all those things were gone and they were all gone at the same time, really, really fast in horrible ways. Right. And so when I was listening to my business partners saying, I don't think this works as a business, it was this idea that like the funnest thing I got to do was sit around with kids a couple of times a week and do these projects. That was like super, super fun. And then as part of that, I get to know their families a little bit. And so the idea that I was going to go into this period of time where I lost everything else and then I lost that, that would be awful. And so I don't know that it was like really anything huge and fantastic other than that was a great source of joy that I I wasn't willing to give up because everything else was really terrible. Well, I think so many other people would have like dived into a really dark place in that scenario and like the strength that you had to hang on to something you loved and that was positive and creative. I mean, my hat is off to you because I've always, you know, in the eight years I've known you, I've only run into a few times, but you've always like exuded joy. Like it is. I'm, it's a total fake. You have such <laughs> That's awesome not true energy. at all. We all know it's not true. It's totally it's, fake. Yeah, no, you have such a beautiful energy. And I, I think I'm with you, Taylor. I support this. A total, you know, I, it's just so impressive the way you have, you know, built this in the face of such adversity. Yeah. No, it's, um, it has been super adverse, but I mean, on the other side of it, you, when, you know, I had a little bit of money and nobody to say that I couldn't spend it that way. And right. That's the only thing. And then it took, it was that. And then I have this posse of incredibly talented girlfriends who were like, okay, I'll come you know, be the business manager. Okay. I'll come teach brush lettering and knitting. Okay. I'll take, do the photo shoots for the fashion design students. Right. And 
That's so cool though. These girls yeah. helped you out. I mean, yeah. that's the community, right? Like back right. to the purpose of this podcast is illustrating the beauty of the strength of this, the fabric of this community. That's awesome. Smartest, smartest people anywhere in the country or in this town. You can, you can find someone who is genius in anything you want. Yeah. I love oh, that. We've got it's each other's true. backs. That's really It's cool. right. It, I mean, the, I, it was funny before my husband left, I said several times to friends, like if, if, if I'm going to, lose my shit anywhere i hope it's here because there are people that'll like scoop it up for me and then it happened so yeah i didn't really intend that you said happen. this you said this before Absol- you- i said it so many times i was wow. like i have the most competent group of girlfriends here and then i really needed them so you know, yeah, I, I, not to go on a tangent here, but I love hearing that because um, I am someone who's got, I, I feel like a, like a lot of friends. I've told this to I feel like I've got a lot of friends, but I don't have a ton of close friends. I, I don't know why that is. And I don't, yeah, it, it's hard. I might make it difficult myself, but Darien's a competitive town. It's um, And, you know, the country, the world, all these places we go to, all these affluent areas. I mean, you're originally from Highland Park. There, mm-hmm. It's hard. I feel like it's hard to really make close friends. And I'm a little intimidated by Darian, the fact that like what that looks like growing up, you know, as I get older here, like if I was down in that moment, if I look around me, who are the people right now that I know in my life, if I got kicked, that would actually come to my side if I didn't have like anything to offer them. Right. Mm -hmm. And who are those people? And it's, it makes me feel joy that you, you know, your stage of life having all this hit you. Mm-hmm. that you got knocked your lowest you'd have anything to offer your friends no power no influence no money and women stepped up for you and they, they totally did um well, I, don't know, I don't know what that is i mean i can tell you individually when i look at each of those women it's something about a little bit different for each of them but there's certainly something about each of those women um i think in some cases there's a you know, a, a spiritual framework that is encouraging that in them, but not all, not all of them for sure. Um, I don't know uh, what it, I don't, I, I don't know. Do you think, you know, you almost had like the way you make it sound like you'd lost everything. And I, I just totally lost everything for okay. a period of time. Definitely did. So for someone in that position, you can either fight or you fly, you give up. Mm-hmm. You chose to fight, Erica. Clearly, we're here today talking and looking at your a successful woman, a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. I don't see that, by the way, in the way you're looking and responding to me here, but you definitely chose to fight, my friend. Look at you've created. And I have to ask if this business, if it would be here today if you didn't have it. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people take for granted these opportunities. They don't fight as hard because they always have like something to fall back on. No, you had I, nothing. I think, no, I think that's true. I think that's definitely true. I, and when I look at, I mean, there's so many typically women just because of the history of the Western world, right? Women who are very smart, very well educated, and they're not working for money or they're not working for much money. And why, why is that? Well, because the there is enough money in the family at the current time to not require it. And that's that's not a terrible thing, right? I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense to size up how much money do we need in this family, right? What's the cost of, what, of, of yeah, childcare versus yeah, yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. working? Or, and just, you know, what are we all going to do with our lives and let's allocate responsibilities and obligations and, right? And so... 
is there some um, there there's certainly some element of this business that is tied to needing it to be successful when in other parts of my life I haven't needed it to be successful for sure right I didn't have to we had we had my husband made a ton of money we didn't need it so are you supporting yourself now using the studio? Um, I haven't I haven't taken any money out of the business yet. It's, I mean, it's a really funny thing about businesses. I didn't realize it, that, you know, you ask about business, you know, is the, is the business profitable or not? And that's actually much more complicated than I ever figured, right? Because it's... So do we have money in the bank? Yeah, we've got money in the bank right now. How much of that money do we need to keep in the bank, right? Because we need to open location two at some point. Is and that that's the gonna, plan? Yeah, that is the plan. So what, what, well, how much money do we need to keep in the bank for that? How much money do we need? Like how much money do we need in the bank to imagine any set of potential futures over the next six months? So it's a lot harder to do. De- to, to make the decision to, to, to determine whether you're profitable and also like what, is, what could be my income from this business. It's not as neat and tidy as I imagine that it would be. Sure. So yeah, we got to balance the today versus the future. And, right. Right. But let's talk quickly about the business model. Cause we really haven't, you, oh, okay. you cater to kids ages, what to what? So um, we have classes starting at age four through adult classes. We do okay. lots of adult classes, but most of our, our median age, we have a whole bunch of kids that kind of cluster around third and fourth grade. Mm. So that's it's, the most common, the median right age. And the majority of your revenue is coming from class yeah. offerings. So we so we do we do several things. We do classes right? During the school year. And so that's, you sign up for a five or six week term. You come once a week for 90 minutes. We do that. We do birthday parties, parties. Most of them are birthdays, but you know, so um, mommy and daddy buy out a studio. They invite a bunch of their friends. We do some special things because it's a birthday or some other celebration, but they're also doing a craft like we would do in a class. So classes, parties, we do workshops. So that's a one-time event where you can just sign up and come. And then right now we're in what we do in the summer or when the Darien public school system is down and that is we're running camps. So you buy for a week and you're there for three hours a day, kids there for three hours a day. And you have kids too, right? Yep. And we have kids We're we have kids We're we're feeling our way through kits and retail, our big make modern kit launch happens next weekend. So it was a very, very timely question. Yeah. Oh, so what does that mean? So, well, so a big, a a big thing that we've been trying to figure out and it's hard, but I think we're getting there is what is a project you could take home in a bag with some directions and with some video links and you could do it home. Genius. Right. And, and because our philosophy is everything is high design, high materials, and your product is going to be beautiful. Everybody's going to finish with something that's really beautiful. Like that how tree you, branch thing. We got we the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Media, Picture, right? yeah. That was so cool. Like, so how do we box that up when you don't have access to a teacher who can help you fix the stuff 
you messed up on or that you didn't know how to do. That's true. How do you box up a six foot long tree band with fluffs? You know <laughs> what? Right. If I you go to make modern, <laughs> you will find out if you go to make that's modern right. and that's purchase right. one. Um, but there is something really nice about, it's, I mean, it's deeply collaborative and at the end of the day, in our studio, at the end of the day, everybody's going to end with something beautiful. Some kids are going to need a lot of help to get there. Some kids aren't going to need any. And in fact, they finish early and they help the other kids. But everybody's going to walk out with something they're really proud of. I mean, that's we're working hard to get to that. The idea of walking out with something, with something tangible in every class you do, is that an idea of your own or did you learn yeah. that somewhere? No, I made it up. And it's so smart. It's I mean, so it's, genius, it yes. It's genius. Totally, it, it, it really is, right? I think it's like I have a low attention span. Yes. And so if it's, I mean, for me, I don't want to learn like hard stuff to do because I, I mean, I've done dress design in France. And like if if I had enough time right? I know how to do all of those things. Super not rewarding. I want something that in like by the end of the movie that I'm watching while I'm working on it, it is kick-ass. And, and did you pick that because of the age group you're working with? Or that's just because that's no, what that's you me. are as a child? That's I mean, me. As a person, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm ADHD, but I probably am. Like I want <laughs> it. I want something amazing pretty quickly. And so if I want that, probably most kids even most adults want that. And it's a it's a really good model to learn skills that are always project ending really, really fast. Totally. My, my daughter, Lucy, my oldest daughter, Lucy, did your camp this mm-hmm. uh, past mm-hmm. a spring break camp. You yeah. offered, yeah. again, another genius. I keep using this word, but I, I see this as genius ideas. You offered a spring break camp and every day she brought home a cool new project. And one of them was she made her own like stuffed animal, like weighted frog mm-hmm. that you... It was the, the frog is great. The frog is so cool. I, I have to actually post this picture online. It's so cool. And like for a five-year-old to walk home that day with a project that she did, like, no, that's, that, that, that's the goal is that kids walk out and the mom says like, no way you made that. Yeah. Like no way. Everyone we showed that to said that same thing. There's no chance Lucy made that. And I'm like, no, she actually made the whole thing. Mm-hmm. No. But she did it like a step deeper. I mean, I think I heard you speak on the, it was on the podcast or in the, in the article that I read about you know, kind of the stress management aspects of this and like quieting the mind when you're doing something with your hands, um, you know, and given everything that everyone's been through and our kids have been through with the stress of COVID, you know, what do you see? Do you see that tangible benefit on like the emotional level? Absolutely. I mean, I will tell you, I had a little girl today who's in our camp, in our afternoon camp. So she's the older, the older group, I would guess, what is she? Probably fifth grade. I probably should know this. I think probably fifth grade, maybe going into sixth. And she, we had finished the project and she, the, the main project they were supposed to do, and they have all these things they can do when they're done with the project. And she was making a pom-pom and you make pom-poms in our studio, you make them on a little tool that we have for them. And she was making a pom-pom and she said to me while she was making this pom-pom, I like making pom-poms because I can, as I'm making it, I can listen to what everybody else is talking about. It was so fantastic, right? Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Right? And so, and this, I mean, she's a a really magical kid, but like I, I have enough to do that I don't have to actively participate but I'm also part of what everything is going Mm -hmm. on. That's a really nice place to be. 
I think it's why men play golf so much, right? Like I, I kind of have a way to spend the, I mean, they probably, there's probably not to take this back to gender roles, by the way, but I think women are definitely proven to be better at multitasking than men. Mm -hmm. I think these tasks, like, you know, women, like I do these things, I have like, you know, three TVs on, I've got like a kid to, and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'll do a project, right? I'll be working or I'll like used to needlepoint mm-hmm. and you, yeah, you needlepoint's great for that. <laughs> I was like, Taylor, delete this out. But yeah, you'll, I'll needlepoint mm-hmm. and I'll like, but I'll be watching TV and my mom always taught us as kids to always be working on crafts and projects while we watch TV. We couldn't just watch TV. We couldn't just, we always had to be doing multiple things. And like, it's interesting that a, a little girl said this. She's like, yep, I'm involved, but yet I'm pumping. But, that, but that's such a great gift, especially if you're worried about how you're going to participate, mm-hmm. right? Not, and this, that was not, that, to be clear, not the case of this little girl, very socially easy and all of that. But it is, I think for all people, it's nice to have downtime right? yeah something that you're doing where you can be as aware as you want to be but also not have to be and not even be doing that and be in your own head exactly like not even hearing just what's going on in the room but what's happening in your own head Mm -hmm. i think that's Mm -hmm. you know the piece that people need on a regular basis Mm -hmm. i know well and um so my last question to you about this is make modern successful in darien I'm guessing maybe because in Darien, Connecticut, because it's an affluent town, do yep. parents pay for this kind of thing for a arts and craft class in a different area? Or is this, how does your model grow? I don't know. We're going to see. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, I think, you know, Darien is really great, really, really special. There are other towns that are trying to do the same things we're doing here, which is, you know, make enough money that we can provide kids amazing opportunities i mean that's what you see like we tend to talk about oh how competitive it is and all of that but that's just the bad part of all of these families really trying to help kids be their best yeah right hopefully we can eliminate the as much of the bad parts about it as we can but it comes from a good thing right creating opportunities creating opportunities driving skills um and so i'd like to believe that there's lots of towns like this where where people are willing to 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 pay more than they would pay if they did a class at Michael's in mm-hmm. the afternoon at the strip mall, right? More than that for their kid to have an experience like the ones we're doing. Yeah. I hope so. Well, is, is your hope for the business that you would be able to grow it into other yep. towns? And yep. yep. So, I mean, the question we we have um, we have an amazing studio manager right now, a young woman who just graduated from design school a year ago. And because her job in London got canceled because of COVID, we got to scoop her up, right? We wouldn't have gotten her. The beauty of COVID. The, I, I was a COVID <laughs> winner with um, Sarah Brindisi, but, um, and it's a really good job for her um, at, at, because she's amazing at it, because she's amazing. But, <laughs> but um, our, our vision from the very beginning when we hired her is come, come be our studio manager here and teach every class we offer so that you can go plant the next make modern. Oh, and, cool. and so spend as much time here as you need to get your feet under you. And then you'll go do the next one. So yeah, that's I exciting. mean, that's absolutely the model. Absolutely. The model. That is, that is fantastic. And are all your, your classes, your camps 
right now? Are they sold out? Do they sell out quickly? Like what's, um, is there room for growth? There? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In yeah. size, right? You keep yeah. them pretty small. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, I mean, the good and the bad, I think we did fine during COVID in general because um, the, the number of kids, we, we really can't get any bigger than 15 before it's just not good instruction. So, which is far fewer than like what the COVID limitations would be. So the classes are pretty small, so they fill up pretty quickly or camps fill up, fill up pretty quickly. That said, um, that, you know, you could, we were talking about it when you were in, in the studio. I think we're in a, a unique moment now because as the world is opening up, people have signed their kids up for camps, right, over the summer. And then, like, lo and behold, their grandparents are vaccinated. And so let's go to Florida with the grandparents because we can. We didn't think we could, but we can. So we're getting lots of cancellations this summer because people, for good reasons, because people have great opportunities. So So, listeners should reach out. So listeners, reach out. (laughs) If you want your kid to go to camp at Make Modern. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Awesome. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, absolutely. Bring home the coolest stuff. Totally. You will totally bring home cool. A the weighted shoes, frog. The girl, a weighted frog, the little pair of flip-flops, a girl w- walked she's in today. She's so cute. Oh, those were yeah. so cute. She she's made really them cool. and then walked back to camp wearing them the next day. They all do it. It is so fun. We always do a bag early in a class or in camp because the kids Take carry the bag the whole time. It's so cute. It's just for my own pleasure that we do it. I love it. I want to do bag. an adult camp. Totally come right. do it. We it, do great adult classes. Yeah. Lori do Workshops, our, right? No, we have, class, okay. we have workshops, but we have classes. Lori Duart, who um, designs all the machine projects and teaches adult sewing, has a cult following because she's like a genius. Cool. I mean, amazing. The things that the women go home with every week are ridiculous. Really? Yeah, That's she's so cool. amazing. And then Sarah and Robin teach knitting to adults. I mean... Is there you know, is, that you come to you with wine or is it just you totally can come with wine? Okay, absolutely. Okay. In the morning, in the evening, you can wine anytime you want. <laughs> anytime and make modern, you That's can have wine. Hysterical. We're very wine friendly. At make oh modern. my gosh! Well, if Taylor was able to make a, a necklace today, then uh, then let, anyone let, can do it. Anyone <laughs> can do it. Let come it be shown. It's like ratatouille. Anyone can cook. No, 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 it's no, true. no, no. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'd love to send my kids there just to honestly be in that space and absorb your positive energy, Erica. Thank you. Like it's, thank you for sharing with us today. Um, mm. happy to know you, happy to have mm. you as a friend. And, uh, and I look forward to having you back for like the next installment. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a, uh, now we're talking Darian, uh, interviewee, uh, or interview, yeah, interviewee, uh, cocktail party. Bring all these yeah, magical people that'd be together. Really me and Gary. Yeah. Me that'd and Gary be really would be oh, crazy. Adley, me and Gary. <laughs> Adley. <laughs> that is the ticket. I think there might be something so to this. So the ticket right there. <laughs> oh, I would love it. Wouldn't it be fun? Okay, I think we owe it to that ourselves. Like, a, like <laughs> a one year anniversary. I think it's going to happen. I think actually, I think we just decided with Erica. <laughs> Brian can bring his carrot cake. We can get a, some beef jerky yes. from Peter. Everyone has to bring something. You have to bring a craft. One of those probably totally is folding Totally bring a craft. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Totally bring a craft. Just got to pick a All date. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you. Thank really you. Thank you so much. That was Thank so fun. You.